Happy Memorial Day weekend, New Hope. I am so grateful for you today, and I'm grateful that you are in the house of the Lord. And I'm also grateful for those who've given their ultimate sacrifice for this country. I still believe we live in one of the greatest countries on the planet, and I thank God for those who currently serve our country and those who have given their lives for our country. Hey, I will be back next weekend and we'll be teaching throughout the month of June as we keep leaning into this very relevant series titled Mindset. And I'm so thrilled with the way our church has been dialing in and so many of you have been coming back for the first time in a long time. So many of you are here for the very first time and we just want to welcome you to this church. And today, you are in for a very special treat. Let me tell you about our Garner campus pastor, Drew Barker. Uh, pastor Drew is married to Bryn, and together they have two kids. He has a daughter, Rylan, who is three years old, and they have a little boy, Levi, who is 10 months old. So as you might imagine, they are very busy, but they're not just busy with their family. They're busy growing the Garner campus. And Drew is an amazing campus pastor. We brought Drew on about a year ago as the associate campus pastor at the Garner location. We realized very quickly that this brother is gifted and able to lead that campus. We made him the Garner campus pastor and uh, together with Brian and all the fine, awesome folks at the Garner campus, God is doing great things. Pastor Drew is a passionate, bold leader, and he also has the gifts, the spiritual gifts of communication. So grab your Bibles, grab whatever it is you can grab to take notes on, lean in as he brings part three of this series, Mindset. It's going to be a good one. Hey, help me out in New Hope. You know what we do. We always do this. When the person walks on the stage to bring the Word of God, we like to show honor. So would you help me give it up for Drew Barker today? Here we go. <laughs> Come on, New Hope. Yeah, let's go. Hey, thank you so much for that welcome uh, and just being so kind. I love the energy that's in the room already. As, as uh, Pastor Benji said, my name is Drew Barker. I'm the campus pastor over at our Garner location. And can you do me a favor? Can you just send a special welcome to our Garner campus today? Can we just welcome them? Love you, miss you. Know y'all are having a good day. Welcome to all of our campuses. Of course, those of you joining online, welcome as well. I know this is a big travel weekend, so put in the chat, like, where are you joining us from? Would love, would love to know that. And of course, thanks to Pastor Benji just for the opportunity uh, to bring the word today. Can we just honor our pastor this morning? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get to see the, the communication and the vision side of Pastor Benji, but what I find to be uh, just so great about his leadership is the quality time he spends with his staff. The, the fact that he's willing to just grab you in the hallway and say, hey, let, you know, let's talk a minute or just you know, take you to lunch or just have a conversation with you. That quality time is an invaluable part of his leadership. I also wanna give thanks to my family and I gotta show you a picture of my family. Check these guys out. 
right? What a beautiful family I have. And, uh, you know, studies show that if you see a picture of my family, you'll like me more and be ready to receive the word. So there they are. Let's get to it. Um, That is my wife, Bryn. We've been married for eight years. She is the love of my uh, life. She's here today. Love her to death. Could keep going and get really emotional, but we're just going to move past all the feelings right now. I have a three-year-old, Rylan, okay? She is just beautiful and smart and clever and she just runs the house. I'm telling you, she runs it. And whatever she does one day, she's gonna run something, I can tell you. And, uh, and that's my 10-month-old Levi. Levi is so sweet, just so sweet, just loves being held. And man, he is loud. He is so loud, like so loud. Like if there was an award for loud baby, it would be named after him. I'm telling, it's unbelievable. He's gonna be a problem for sure, but love my family uh, so much. I'm a blessed, blessed man. And I'm really excited to bring the word uh, this morning. We've been in this mindset series, right? And I agree with Pastor Benji that this is one of, if not the most important series we could be going through in this era. And in week one, we were encouraged to take audit of our thoughts and really combat this negative narrative that we have in our minds with the truth in scripture. And then last week, Pastor Mike Bro taught us how to have an eternal mindset and that in that, we would be able to receive peace in our current situation. And today, I wanna talk to you about your confidence. I want us to figure out how can we be confident under pressure. And I believe God has something specific and fresh for each and every one of you. Let's stand as we dive into the scripture this morning in the honor of God's word. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. I'll set the scene a little bit. Here we have Jesus at the most crucial point of his ministry. He's facing death on a cross and he's gathered his closest followers, his disciples, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we'll pick up in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John. So he took Peter, James, and John along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Isn't that the hardest mindset to have? Maybe not at the beginning of a scenario or at the end when you can look back, but right in the middle, right in the middle of something when the pressure is building to say, not my will, but yours be done. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I love this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Notice he is going back a second time, praying the exact same thing. Some of us in this room, we've given up on our prayers because we've prayed them once and haven't heard back from God. Let me just encourage you. It's about the obedience. It's about the connection. It's about the dialogue. Keep praying those prayers, amen? When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time saying the same thing. 
Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Three times Jesus prayed about this cup, this, this cup. What, like, what's the deal? What's the deal with this cup? Let me give you some context. You can stay standing. I, I got you, trust me, all right? <laughs> but let me give you some context on this, on this cup. So back in the day, you had kings. Kings had cupbearers. And if you wanted to kill a king, you'd put some poison in the cup and that would kill the king. But it had to be undetectable to the, ki- the cupbearer. Are you with me? If you've seen Game of Thrones, you know exactly what I'm talking about, all right? But Jesus was a different kind of king. He's built different. His cup was the cross. So what is to be said of a king who drinks from a cup knowing poison is in it? What is to be said of a king that drinks from a cup knowing poison is in the cup? That king must have the mindset and know that death will not have the final say over my life. That king must know there's a greater purpose ahead. And so that king must be confident under pressure. And that's what we're gonna learn about today. If you believe God's gonna speak something to you, will you just give him some praise? Come on, put those praise emojis in the chat. And you can go ahead and be seated. There's a movie called The King's Speech where an English actor, Colin Firth, portrays the life of King George VI, who back in the 1930s desperately did not wanna be king of the United Kingdom, but was pushed into that position by purpose. And this exposed a private problem that he had with a stutter every time he went to give a speech. And in the opening scene, he's, he's walking down the corridor. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. He's nervous. <laughs> now I know where my people are at. <laughs> but but he, he was, he, you could just see the fear in his eyes. His lips were parched and he approaches the mic and, and the crowd turns with anticipation. And if we're honest, we've all been there. We've we've felt that kind of pressure, whether it's a PowerPoint presentation at work or just simply having a conversation with your teenager. We've been there. I'm, I'm there right now. The difference of sitting out there and being up here is pressure, right? And the number one fear in the world is not death, it's public speaking. And when you stand on stage and you declare that you're gonna communicate the inspired word of God, what you are saying is that you've spent time alone in the presence of God. You've held your ear to the heartbeat of heaven and now you're gonna communicate and speak on behalf of the almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent, holy God. Man, that's pressure. And while you maybe can't identify with the whole pastor thing, I know you can relate to the pressure. Are you under pressure? Pressure to be a good parent? Pressure to be a good spouse? Pressure to meet people's expectations? Pressure to meet other people's unrealistic expectations? Pressure to meet your own expectations? Pressure comes at all angles, right? Drop bad habits, be freed from addiction, overcome depression. Are you under pressure? See, pressure is not prejudice. 
That's what's so unique about it. There's no age, tax bracket, or race that can help you escape pressure. And I would say this is a very important topic in the era we're in because we're all feeling some kind of pressure. We've got virtual school, we're working from home. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Like when I approach people, I don't even know how to do it anymore. Do I shake your hand? Do I air high five? Are we gonna do like a weird half hug thing? Like what do we? (laughs) But even during all of this, it's important for us not to lose our confidence. The enemy cannot touch your calling. He can't, he can't touch it. God has a great call on each and every one of your lives. Ooh, but he can get your confidence. And if the enemy gets your confidence, you'll never reach your calling. I remember several years ago when God called me into more of a pastoral leadership role, I immediately started telling myself all the reasons this doesn't make sense, started giving myself that negative narrative, saying things like you're too inexperienced, you're uneducated, right? This is what we do. I remember telling myself, no one's gonna listen to you. Your past is too ugly. And it took me about six months to even make a, a step and even have the mindset to move forward, but I was fortunate to have people around me that spoke that confidence into my life and taught me how to speak that confidence to myself because some of us are our own worst enemy. Like, I wonder if you talk to other people the way you talk to yourself, if people would even wanna be around you. What you speak over your life, it's so powerful. Change how you talk to yourself and you can change how your story ends. I love how Bishop T.D. Jake says it when he says, what you are saying to yourself will make or break what you are doing with your life. And if we aren't careful, we will give up way more land than the devil will ever take from us. So what I'm saying to you is that whatever you're headed to next, whatever's the next step for you, the tool the enemy is going to use is to get your confidence. And honestly, you don't really know if you have confidence until you're under pressure. Take sports, for example. Anybody happy sports are back? Right? We got a lot going on right now. It's exciting. Um, Let's say you're good at golf, okay? You gotta make a 20-foot putt consistently. But can you make a 20-foot putt with all your friends around and lunches on the line? Right? See, to be known, you gotta be great under pressure consistently. Until then, you're known for nothing. Take NC State, for example. (laughs) Should I keep going? Okay, to be a kicker in the NFL, let's just slide past that. To be a kicker in the NFL, you've gotta make a 40-yard field goal pretty consistently. But can you make a 40-yard field goal with two seconds left and it's do or die? The greatest players of all time, they're great under pressure, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. What I'm saying to you is I know you can be excited about your marriage when everything's going well and you just got a raise at work and the kids are acting well and behaved and the house is clean. I know you can be excited then, but what will you do when now you're both working from home, your kids are teenagers and your house is a wreck? Will you be excited then? 
I know you can praise and worship when you feel no pain in your body, but what will you do when the cancer is spreading? What kind of faith will we have when facing a fiery furnace? Will we be like the Hebrew boys and say, God will deliver us, and even if he doesn't, I won't bow down to anything other than Christ? See, my praise isn't predicated on the pressure that life puts on me. In fact, could it be that the, the pressure is producing something new in me? I think pressure mounts up for believers more than any other group of people because we have an enemy. So you were born in the image of God, therefore you're on the hit list of hell. And it mounts up, pressure mounts up for us because we feel like we gotta have it all together, right? We gotta put on that cosmetic Christianity face, right? It, you know what it looks like? It almost looks like, um, like Sunday mornings. But we've gotta understand that it's okay for us to admit that we're not okay. At the very foundation of being a Jesus follower is the admission that you're not okay on your own. So we've gotta get vulnerable. We've gotta reach out to others for help and guidance. That's why life groups are so important here at New Hope. Some of the best decisions I've ever made in my life are because I reached out to others for help and guidance. They helped me build the confidence to make my decision and help me out, uh, weigh out the outcomes and the struggles. And you gotta have people around you, good, godly people. The pressure of life coupled with the pressure of trying to pretend that everything is okay will cause you to explode or implode. And neither are good. Another fun fact about me, I don't know how much fun it is, but it's a fact. I love cars. Love cars, like new cars, classic cars, Euros, supercars, like you name it, I'm into it. And not just the look, but even the technology. And since 2007, there's this system on every single car called TPMS. It's Tire Pressure Monitoring System. And this is because of a bill passed by Congress because of a 1990s Firestone fiasco where literally tires were just exploding and, and people were getting in wrecks. It was really bad. So now we have TPMS. And you might think a tire is like a balloon and that like after it inflates too much, it just pops, but it's actually the opposite. It's when the weight of what you're carrying cannot be balanced with the pressure that's on the tire. That's when you have a blowout. But what's interesting about that is that's also the definition of burnout. When what is required of you takes more than the resources that are provided for you, you get burned out. And so now we see this paradox of pressure where we're learning that too much pressure will keep me from where I'm going and not enough pressure will keep me from where I'm going. So the challenge is to maintain the appropriate amount of pressure. What I'm saying is, I think some of us in here might not be getting to the next level that God wants us to be because there's too much pressure on us. We just got too much on us. But could it be that some of us aren't getting to that next level because we're too comfortable? Maybe we don't have a healthy amount of pressure on us. See, there's power in pressure. You'll learn to pray when you're under pressure. You'll learn to worship when you're under pressure. You'll learn to be humble and empathetic when you're under pressure. How many people in here have been on a plane? Remember when we used to do stuff like that? Right? They pressurize the cabin. 
What I'm saying is if you're going to ascend to the next level, pressure comes with it. So TPMS lets you know when there's too little pressure, but I wonder if there's too much what we should do. And so let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse eight through 10. The apostle Paul has a great message for us and it'll be on the screens behind me. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters, basically saying, don't get it twisted about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great what? Under great what? Pressure, put it in the chat, pressure. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again on him. We have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. So if Paul and Jesus both felt pressure, it really doesn't matter how gifted, talented, and righteous you think you are. You're gonna feel pressure. And society, society's just gonna tell you to cope. They're just gonna tell you to cope with the pressure. Just deal with it. Just get through. You know what? Just start looking at a little more porn or just start drinking a little more or just smoking. You know what? I tell you what, go get a prescription for that or man, just... Just binge another episode on Netflix. Just watch a season of something. Or how about this? Get on social media, find something you don't like and just hate on somebody in a comment section. Just let them have it. After all, they don't understand the pressure you're going through. You deserve it. Look at all the stuff that's on you right now. Society's gonna tell you to cope. I don't wanna cope. I don't want you to cope. I want us to be confident. Let's not cope. Let's be confident. And so I wanna give you four principles to be confident under pressure. You can write these down or at least pretend to so I feel like I'm getting my point across, all right? <laughs> the first one is preview. Everybody say preview. 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 God gives us a preview of our promise. And sometimes this preview comes out a long time before the premiere day, but God will give us a glimpse into what he has for us next. It's kind of like when a movie comes out, there's usually three trailers with that movie. The first one is just to let you know, like awareness, something's on the way. Like right now you can go to YouTube and Marvel has like a video out that's showing you movies in 2024, 2025, 2026. No plot lines, just like a picture of Ant-Man and being like 2024, right? Just to let you know something is coming. And then there's the second trailer and the third trailer give you a little more of the plot, a little more of the characters, just to build pressure to the premiere day. But oftentimes, that preview to the premiere, that can be a long time in the waiting. Yeah. What I wanna encourage you with is you've gotta hold on to that preview yeah. and trust God's faithfulness and trust the character of God that he will come through on the promise. We see this all the time in scripture. You have Abram and Sarah where he says, you're gonna have a baby. And they're like, we're too old. And a lot of time passes and then boom, baby. We see it with Joseph. Hey, you're gonna be a great ruler and your brothers are gonna bow down to you. But then he had to go to prison first. And when you're in prison, all you got to hold on to is a preview. I'm trying to encourage somebody in here today. You have been holding on to a preview and you're still waiting for that promise. Keep trusting, keep holding on on, God will come through. The second principle is place. 
you need a place. You need a place where you can connect with God and God can connect with you. And the place is usually where you get the preview in the first place and that's in God's presence. We see this modeled for us in scripture. Let me show it to you. Uh, Luke 22, verse 39 through 42, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw far beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not as my will, but you have you already missed it? Did you miss it? Can, can we go back to verse 39? It's the first verse we were doing. Jesus went out, what? What now? Oh, as usual. Oh, so he's done this before. Oh, this was his place. This was common. So Jesus isn't letting the pressure build in him and then running to a place, he's already got a place. So that when life builds up and comes at him with the pressure, he knows where to go, what to do, and who to talk to. You need a place. Don't wait for the pressure to mount up. Don't be one of these 911 Christians that when life comes at you, you do everything you can to handle it. And then when you figure out you can't, because we all know you can't, then you pray. Don't let the pressure push you to a place, get a place. The third one is people. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John a little further away than everyone else. He confides in them. Understand that as the pressure gets greater, your circle needs to get smaller. As the pressure gets greater, your circle needs to get smaller. And that's why we have life groups. Now listen, this isn't some big life group day and I'm not gonna ask you to sign up at the end. I'm just telling you from personal experience, life groups have saved me in a very big way. They have kept me out of trouble. They have helped uh, keep my arms lifted when I can't hold them anymore. And I am just telling you, if you are not in a life group, you might wanna think about it. Some of you that are in that little too comfortable and need some pressure, maybe that's a step. But you gotta get around the right godly people that you can trust, you can fight in so that you can be supported. So we've got preview, we've got place, we got people, and the last one's power. Everybody say power. power. Ooh, when you're under pressure, you need the right people around you, but that is not where your power comes from. God doesn't want you to put power in other people's hands. When the disciples fell asleep in the garden, that's your depiction of humanity. People will let you down. People will fail you, God will not. People will fail you, God will not. So don't put your supply of power in people's hands. We gotta go to a different source and that source is God, El Shaddai. That's where our power comes from. And Jesus knew this. If we look at Luke chapter 22, verse 42, and only Luke's account says this. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more. If you're anything like me, you've probably read this story or heard this story and for some reason you missed the angel. You got caught up like I did looking at the pressure and the anguish and the sweat coming down like drops of blood and the storm and the weight. But we gotta change our mindset we gotta change our approach. 
We don't wanna look at the storm. We don't wanna look at the sweat. We wanna look at the strength. We got some strength. This is where our power comes from. And as many times as I've read this, I can't believe I missed the strength. And so you have a choice as an individual and really we have a decision to make as the body of Christ. We can choose to look at the past, the pressure, the storm, the weight, the sweat. Or we can choose to fix our eyes on something greater and hold on to the preview and trust that God has positioned us in the right place, surrounded by the right people and that he will provide the power to get us to our promise. Amen? Amen. Amen.